Hello, Bold and Conscious Leader. Welcome to our new and refreshed season of the Bold Conscious Connections podcast, where we bring to you people who have shown special courage, character, and consistency to express themselves fully. After all, as long as we're alive, we want to live a full life, don't we? So our guests that we bring demonstrate that they do not want to die with their gifts because we're all meant to be given gifts that we share with others. And this is how we play our part in raising our collective consciousness in this world through this podcast called Bold Conscious Connections. So without further ado, let me bring on our guest today. If you or a loved one is concerned about their health, particularly their hearts, then you really want to listen to this conversation that I had with Dr. Sharad Jetley. We've had him on our podcast before when he released his book called The Human Element about a year or two ago. But after 45 years of practicing cardiology, I would say that he knows a thing or two about understanding your heart and also knowing what red flags you might want to watch out for as you age or are in the habits of interacting with things you want to stay away from. In any case, this is not a lecture about what to eat or not to eat or what to consume, but it's about really from his personal experiences, not only having dealt with his own challenges, but his thousands of patients that he sees a pattern in. While all of that led him to coming up with an invention of this device called Smart Heart. And you hear more about that in this episode. So what he has tested and he's testing right now that it can be used with great effect to highlight potential red flags for your heart health. In this episode, he talks about not only about what led him to invent this device, but its primary use by prospective cardiologists and other healthcare providers, its potential for the future of early diagnosis of heart trouble. It goes beyond wearing, you know, watches and fitness and other wearables that we're all familiar with today in 2023. But if you are a true student of human spirit, spiritual wisdom, which tells you that taking care of your body temple is very important and crucial to living a life fully, then you really want to listen intently for what Dr. Jetley has to say and what he has created. It's another lesson in servant leadership. This is a man full of heart. He brings value to mankind and his love for fellow mankind is unparalleled. So let me introduce you here again in this episode to Dr. Sharad Jetley. Listen, if you have concerns about your heart and your health, you want to listen to this conversation because Dr. Jetley here, he invented this thing called Smart Heart. It's a device that we're going to talk about. And really, as people, you know, as we age, old, uh, get older, you know, we get concerned about things like this. So I was very curious, uh, Dr. Jetley, welcome to this program for the second time. When you had your book published last year, uh, we had you here on your human element, which was a fantastic conversation. Uh, so we're going to get into some of the reasons why or how, what, what, what led to invention of this. So anyway, let me just welcome you first. And all about Dr. Jetley is going to be in the show notes. Welcome again. 
Thank you, Raju, for having me again on your podcast. It's, a, it's an honor. It's a pleasure to share some, uh, some of my beliefs, some of my, uh, I guess, experiences on your uh, podcast with the esteemed audiences you have had. Well, awesome. So a lot of my audience is, you know, typically entrepreneurs or corporate folks that are looking to launch their businesses, etc. And, and some of them are even in the healthcare uh, life sciences space. I know you're a cardiologist, practiced for 45 years. What exactly led you to start creating this now? And, and tell us about the device. What is it exactly? Uh, an excellent question, because uh, this has been a passion, Raju, for about 40 plus years in my practice, where I found that the biggest challenge for a cardiologist, for a heart doctor, is obviously a sudden cardiac death episode that occurs in a family. There's nothing uh, greater than a uh, than a loss in a of a patient in a practice other than your personal loss that may happen in your in in everybody's life. I guess we have had that. So I personally feel when when those sudden cardiac death episodes occurred without any rhyme or reason or without any announcement or without any premonitory symptoms, if you will, those were the ones which I think has been the greatest challenge for not just me as a cardiologist but the entire cardiology community. Just to uh, let your audiences be aware that 20% of the cardiac deaths that are occurring worldwide, they're still occurring because there was no rhyme or reason, unfortunately. Especially mm -hmm. so, more so in the younger youths, in the younger uh, athletes, and in the younger population. And uh, so there has been an inquisitiveness all along. Now, anecdotally, there have been reports where people have talked about maybe it's genetics, maybe it was smoking, maybe it was uh, lack of exercise, maybe it was vigorous exercise, super vigorous exercise that the individual performed, et cetera, et cetera. Or it could be uncontrolled hypertension, diabetes, and all these risk factors which trigger uh, one to have these cardiac conditions. But a small piece in the puzzle which has always been struck with me in the past 40, 45 years to answer your question, why did I think of this? was an HRV, as I call it, and that's the heart rate variability. Now, we all have, you have a heart rate variability where one actually responds to flight, fright, and a freeze situation, if you will. Sure. And, and so do I. So everybody has that built-in HRV by the Almighty that has been given to us. The lesser the heart rate variability, for instance, if that occurs, that means one does not have that reactionary sort of a moment that somebody can actually save oneself from. And those are the HRV uh, components which I, my device has really uh, come up with. So I'm very pleased to announce that, as a matter of fact, and share with you, of course, you're perhaps already aware that now the U.S. Uh, patent uh, is underway. We are uh, already approaching uh, uh, our milestones with the trademark and therefore with the FDA clearance down the line. So hopefully we should achieve all of that by the end of the year. But I, I personally felt because in the past 40, 40 some years, I I felt so, that this was the requirement perhaps to, you know, uh, use uh, as a tool. I'm still trying to get to, okay, so did you lose a patient? Was there something that happened that led you to say, oh. we, need, we need something like this? Because, you know, on the market today, as you know, Dr. Jetley, we have wearables. You can call me Sharan. <laughs> I know, I just want to make sure that the audience knows that, you know, you're a respected friend of mine, but, but you know, uh, well respected <laughs> in the community, and, and I just want to uh, honor you. So... Along the years, 45 years, you must have had lots of cases and challenges where it was like, I wish you could save this patient, et cetera. But I was coming to the fact that today on the market, there is WHOOP, W-H-O-O-P, a brand that's a, it's an IOT wearable, right? Where there is all those other fit, Fitbits and other without naming yes. brands uh, 
there are HRV monitors, there are variability monitors, right. and Whoop does that does a, does a good job of that. But how is that different than what you're about to launch in the market? Right. So that's that's exactly where my device stands out because it's a very unique protocol which actually allows the person to have himself or herself measure at a certain period of time during the day and several times during the day and make it a consistent reading which will be analyzed computer graphically and be sent to the physician. Right now, like you said, Fitbit, you know, uh, iWatches and all these things and many, many devices have the HRV but do not have the capability of sending it over to the physician. But ultimately, what, oh. is, uh, what good is if the data is actually sitting with the person? he or she would not make any sense out of it. So the whole idea is wanting to see the data actually goes to the physician, whether it be a primary care or a cardiologist. Yep. Therefore, is it a wearable? Is it, a wearable? Connected. is it on the wrist or where, where is it worn? I'll define you the device. Actually, I can show you the device right here. It's sitting next to me. It is about the size. This is our first generation device that has come and it's currently has a green light on it. Obviously it's connected uh, to my USB port via the laptop here, for instance. Now, okay. the person will actually end up putting the thumb here or the finger on the top. And as a result, now connect, uh, currently I'm recording my pulse, which is spectrographically actually being sent from my pulse and be translated into a near electrocardiographic mechanism so that actually an EKG manifestation, if you will, is being recorded graphically. Oh, on the so screen. for those of you listening and, and not able to see what Dr. Jetley is showing on screen, you may want to look at on YouTube, uh, the same the same uh, episode here, but go on, sorry. Correct. Right. So so essentially, it's a device which is electro, electro spectral uh, uh, cardiographically, if you will, with all the components. There are microcomputers within it. There is a pulse sensor within it. And obviously, it is changing. So this is a this is a medical protocol we have devised. And that is, right. I think, unique right now in the setting of so many HRV devices that are already existing. So the whole idea is wanting to see if you can actually have the physician interface with the patient's data together. So say, say the patient has given out this device and he or she, this is how I envision, because obviously it's not there yet. But once the device is actually given out to the patient, say from a primary care physician or from a uh, from a GP or from a cardiologist's office, he or she will take this, bring the device into their own life's settings. So they can record right at the, say, during a lunch hour or uh, after the dinner time. And they are required to do about like 30 readings over 30 days, which is I not think. a big deal. It's not too much to ask for. And this way I get some median or some averaging of HRV. Now, obviously, the audience would be, required, uh, would be interested in what is normal HRV, what is abnormal HRV. But we have a means of really sort of categorizing that so that the physician actually reads it. It does not mean that the HRV is normal, you get a clean bill of health. Or right. vice versa, if the HRV is abnormal, uh, you have to Wait. jump out and go and see a cardiologist right away. Wait, that's no. confusing. But, so what is, what is the device? First of all, whenever it comes out, it's going to be given to the to the cardiologist, the office of the cardiologist, and then they will be the one that would bring the patient in? Or is it, like, do you have to have right, a heart condition right. to well, be able to put this? Or Well, that'll, that'll be the ideal setting, but I'm trying to see if it can be expanded even to the general practitioners. So the well, general GP... I have lost friends in their 40s who were running and they are in incredible you know, health and and then they right. dropped dead when they came back to their you know, home or hotel and they're like, oh, and then the person died. My father-in-law right. died... So you know, in the morning he was doing his, you know, usual yeah. practice after breakfast and then just dropped right. dead. 
but that's truly a nightmare for a cardiologist. Like, you know, you have, you have had patients, and everybody has had patients over 40 years. I've had, you know, scores of patients where they've had, a, or I've heard about from my colleagues that they have had total normal cardiac cath. And six months later, unfortunately, you know, they've but, had. But what's confusing to me is like, if I don't have any condition, I have no history, I'm a runner or I'm a very, very healthy person, and then I drop dead, how would this device really prevent me? So, so everybody should have this device regardless of your health condition, it seems to me. Right. So that's the point, because you want to go ahead right now to actually prevent and actually offer that screening tool to the physician. Now, say if I was to have this device and have my readings checked and my readings are, say, abnormal. OK, now, which means now if you are my physician, you would say, sure, I would like to see you more closely over the next year. So this way we can pursue with your sure. further testing, your lifestyle modifications, your habits, whether you're a smoker, drinker, what have you, you're a couch yeah. potato, you're not exercising much and what have you. So all of yeah. those things, you will have a little closer eye. It's not that something is going to happen right away because my test was abnormal, but you will have a better idea, a better interest in actually following me much closely. So this is, as I said, it's a small piece in the puzzle, but certainly helps the cardiologist, gives an additional tool in the toolbox to try and see if we can actually help these patients with their outcomes. That's the whole idea. And like I said, it's 20% of the people are actually dying. You're right. Every one of us have heard, oh my God, I, I met Uncle Sam just last uh, summer uh, at a gathering. What happened to him? Or Thanksgiving, last Thanksgiving, Uncle uh, Auntie Jane was there and something happened there. So there are people who can always relate that and say, look, I've had a, f a family member who passed away so suddenly, like you just uh, elaborated earlier. So you and I, we all have had met these instances in our lifetime, once in a while at least. This is important even for people who are healthy. Yeah. Hopefully this device will be there by then and they go, okay, well, you know, I should be monitored. I mean, does that not cause fear unnecessarily because you're otherwise healthy and you don't have any well, symptoms? Why would you go to cardiologist? Let's put it this way, because obviously I'd rather know than not know what's going on with me. So there are people who have, like I'm saying, I don't think it'll be extended out to the entire general population. Okay. That's why I precisely say it's the high-risk groups. You have a family history, somebody who, like a cousin who passed away, God forbid, say six months ago, or something of that kind of a nature, or a young person, an athlete in the, in the family, mm -hmm. like a footballer, a soccer, uh, okay. somebody who, who had an episode, or a collapse episode, or syncope episode. I think those are the places which will be a red flag for the cardiologist or for the okay. general practitioner to really send the patient to over so, for this, time, this type of testing. When they are asymptomatic, you're right, but the yeah. symptomatic ones automatically will be filtered and going to the physicians anyway. Anyway. So my next question comes from the fact that if you, you know, you're not, it's not a wearable, it's not like a, all the other wearables out there, but where they monitor your heart rate and among other things, right. what is different about this product that today's world-class or other facilities cardiologists don't have that this will fill that need? All right. What I envision is I think this could be an additional tool to actually help patients be guided for further testing, which could be straight, either a cardiac MRI, a cardiac PET. I don't want to confuse with the terminology here, but a lot of the times what happens is a patient shows up at a cardiologist's office, he or she gets an EKG, a stress test, and an echo, and the whole deal, da, da, da. Yes. So I'm trying to see if this test actually helps, and this helps 
helps the cardiologist understand one way or the other that perhaps we do not need so many testings. Idea is to just quickly jump into this algorithm and follow, and this way idea, idea is to follow this map and quickly arrive at a diagnosis okay. or rule out a diagnosis. I think like genetic studies, for instance, they could be undertaken. Uh, you could have uh, lipid studies of uh, with genetic components could be studied. Uh, there are a lot of genetic cardiac diseases that are, you know, people are born with, unfortunately, long QD syndrome and short okay. QD syndrome and WPW syndromes and so many other, you know, okay. uh, areas where electrocardiographic abnormalities sometimes are very subtle and they may not be discernible to the physician right away. But in HRV, we'll certainly add a component, an additional component. Again, it does not mean that if it's normal, like I said, I always say that. So... The way I envision is, well, first of all, I'd like to have this, this, this be miniaturized. I mm -hmm. want this to be almost, uh, almost the size of your car key pod, if you will. <laughs> Two, it will not be a USB port. I would rather have it with a battery where battery operates. It'll have five to seven years of battery you know, life within it. So it's easier for the patient. Uh, three, what I'd like to do is I'd like to see if it would have two or three files that it can contain individually. For instance, say if, uh, if Mr. Smith gets it, Mr. Smith can also use it in the family as well, or even a child or a niece or a nephew can use this. So up to three people within the family be able to use it, and all the data will be confidentially put into separate files and be transmitted to the physician. Got it. And fourthly, what I envision this is obviously we'd like to see a mass production eventually, but the fact is that we'd like to see how the investors can come in and look at it and say, hey, look, maybe perhaps we can actually reduce the costs so that the volumes can be available even to, you know, developing countries, uh, specifically so because my heart goes out to India and many other countries where one can utilize it even for a fraction of a cost. So the whole idea is wanting to see how best we can extend out this human element, if you will, or uh, this component of my, my practice, which I personally feel I think gathers more momentum as we move forward. And uh, obviously there are hurdles that we have to cross bureaucratically, uh, and obviously for reasons uh, untold, but at uh, the same time, like an FDA clearance and getting the trademark uh, associations, et cetera, et cetera. So when do you expect so this to be? Away and we are working on those milestones. So, uh, so yeah, best so next to so that leads to the question about when is, when do you see this, maybe not mass market, but even as a test market, when is it likely to be in the hands of, you know, at least some uh, cardiology uh, centers or hospitals? Uh, truly, I wanted it about 40 years ago, but, you know, but obviously well, it's not right. ready yet. But the fact is that it's going to be, I think, one time or the other, I think, uh, depends upon how good the clearance can be. I would envision between six months a year, I okay. think the device should conform to my uh, envision guidelines that I enumerated earlier. Okay, so uh, I guess we're going to probably just end with this one here. You know, you're the author of Human Element, H-U being capital as part of the periodic table. I love the, the cover of that book. <laughs> right oh, he's holding up the book right now. Uh, so Human Element, uh, guys, get that book because it'll give you perspective on uh, Dr. Jetley's incredible uh, life and, and what he believes is his the whole landscape of the medical profession and particularly cardiology has been and where it could be and it's not, clearly. And my Hindi translation. <laughs> and your translation in Hindi in India. Okay. So how are these two linked? So that new invention that you're just looking at and, and coming out with hopefully soon and and this human element. I think there's a commonality here because the flow of thought was the following. And uh, perhaps, Raju, you know me very well for the past 45 years, 50 years perhaps. Now we have been known to each other. Getting older, our, uh, don't remind me. 
middle school onwards. It's 55 years, I think. 55 years, you're right. So, I mean, you know the deal. And I think you and I, we really strike a chord in one way or the other on several of our crossroads. One, like you've been an author of your book, uh, Bold Conscious Leadership. And that is really bringing back the self into the into the world. Think about yourself first, so thy, thyself first and thou later. So in other words, think about yourself, what you can offer to you, love yourself and then love others and make it a meaningful life. So my, my goal through the human element has been the following as well, where all along I've always felt that I think it's easier to write a prescription than not to write a prescription or not to explain the prescription, for instance, as simple a thing like an aspirin or penicillin. And those are some of the human elements that I think we want to sort of have that sort of transmitted or transpi- transpired into the, into the physicians of tomorrow. Because time and again, what's happening is we are really galloping away our lives with this fast forwardness and social media and what have you, that there is a chance that the patient and doctor interaction is minimized to merely 60 seconds. And that pains me that I see many a times because most of the doctors are sort of hiding into the CTs and MRIs and PET scans and what have you. I hate to say that, but that's required as well. But then come back and talk to the talk to the patient, explain them exactly why a procedure, the next uh, event that may have to be arranged will have to be uh, followed through. What is the need for that prescription or what is not a need for a prescription? Even for a normal test, I think doctors have to spend time and say, like I'll tell you in my life, I never even discussed a normal test over the phone. I would have a patient automatically say he or she went out for, say, a cardiac catheterization and came back automatically there was an appointment made for the follow-up after the test. So the patient will be allowed to ask questions. And plus, it will give me an opportunity to see uh, the patient and reevaluate one more time, even though the test was normal, how the patient can fare for the further further follow-ups. So, you know, I think it's very, very important. And that's where the human element comes in from. Today, you have this third-party interactions, for instance, where the patient and doctor you know, uh, do not have so much time and they have to, and specifically so right now, the, like the patients are confused. And you and I, we are from the old school, so we know how the patients really followed with the physicians for mm-hmm. 20 years. In my practice, I had three generations of patients I proudly share, and I think I shared that earlier also, they followed with me, which was incredible. And I personally felt really gratified at the end of the day. But today, the managed care is actually dictating and say, look, you cannot go to uh, Dr. XYZ because he's, he or she is not on the panel. And therefore, they're trafficking the patients, they're trafficking the ambulances even to the hospitals of their choices rather than the patient yeah. doctor's needs uh, expressed. Uh, it is a human element which we want to bring back. And that's precisely why I wrote that book, so that if, one, if it's possible, even in today's fast life, the physicians can instill that element within their doctor-patient bond, if you will, I think the connection will be everlasting and will be sort of revived and reinvigorated. That's beautiful. So, you know, really, you're taking the next step of really going deeper and saying, how can I touch the lives of, you know, people, maybe not directly, but indirectly, you know, in empowering the physicians and the cardiologists and others to be able to get some precision around people. This is not like an you know, installed pacemaker that you do for heart. This is really about it's pretty straightforward and simple what you described. So thank you again. Uh, if if uh, people, you know, as I said, entrepreneurs and others that are probably listening to this or inventors, other inventors, uh, investors, who knows, right? So where can they reach you? Uh, do you want to tell them? Is there one particular place they should find you? 
Well, uh, my yeah, I'll put it in the show uh, notes, but just so just so we can, you know, verbalize. Well, it. they can certainly they can certainly reach out to me on my email, which is newcardiomd at gmail dot com. I'll spell okay. it for them: n u c a r d i o m d at gmail dot com. I'm sure you're going to put it down later on. That's right in the link on the screen. And uh, then we can take the interactions from there on further. I really appreciate that opportunity that uh, and, more of the listeners who sure. can actually strike the chord and then inspiring yeah. people who want to come out with more innovations, you know, maybe perhaps uh, I'll be able to help them out with them and probably seek help from them. That's right. Exactly. So it's a unity consciousness here that we're connecting people with whoever the world is, whoever's meant to listen to this is going to listen to this. And and is there yeah. a social media uh, where they can reach you? Maybe that would be easier for them rather than write you an email? Well, actually, actually, they could reach out to me on Facebook if they want to. As okay. my name is Sharad Jaitley, they could certainly write that. They can look me up on, on LinkedIn. LinkedIn and certainly be able to follow me on that as well. I'm as Sharad Jaitley there. <laughs> Thank you, man. I always love learning new things from you all the time. There's Thank always you. so much more to go. And so I don't take it for granted. So I really appreciate it. And um, thank you for being here today. Raju, you're an amazing person yourself. You have a hugely enlightened uh, community oh, all around kind. you. You have that aura, which really actually percolates beyond, beyond to the other, other ends of the horizons. Well, and this I is think not about I me. This is about you, my friend. This is about you. It's not about me. <laughs> well, take care. we know each other so well. I thank you so much again for the opportunity. Take care, buddy. Thank you so much. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed this episode today. We strive to bring you conversations that make you think, reflect, and perhaps inspire you to take even one little step in your path towards personal growth and greater wisdom. Please download the show or the podcast episode that you just heard and leave us a comment so that we can continue to bring you meaningful and relevant topics in the future. Take care and thank you so much.